Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. It's Pam on Pam's porch, and of course, this is when my my lawn is being mowed. <laughs> so uh, we'll go ahead and take it inside, but we might get some noise from the porch. Um, of the lawnmower, so please forgive me for that. Um, but welcome to Pamet's Porch. I have the guy mowing the lawn out there, and uh, I'm hoping that that the noise doesn't bother anyone and that he doesn't get grass clippings in my hot chocolate. But you know, it's it's maybe the last lawn mowing of the year because it's going to start getting colder here. I'm in North Carolina, and. I don't know. Erin, Erin Lale has been my friend uh, on Facebook for years. I've had her as a guest at least once on the show I did on Pagans Tonight and uh, reached out to her recently because she's, I try to keep up with you, Erin, but you do so many things. It's hard to do that. (laughs) But reached out to you recently. Um, Unfortunately, the reason that I reached out was not a, a, a happy, positive reason uh so i wanted to say here on the on the air you know um my condolences for you had a friend recently passed thanks um and you're i don't know how much grass and and green do you have there you're in nevada yeah actually it's nevada yeah it's (laughs) in english it's nevada if you were speaking spanish you'd say nevada but uh that's one of the one of those things, you know. Uh, in in English, we say a lot of things differently than than in their language of origin. And I usually say the names of the the gods in the English or American pronunciation too, rather than their their original one, because I'm speaking English. There you go. You you've nailed one of my my. Uh my ways of, of dealing with like when people start arguing about whether it's pronounced uh, using Samhain or Savine mm-hmm. or Soin as an example, I mm-hmm. say, get me an, get me an ancient Celt who speaks Gaelic mm-hmm. and, and we'll ask that yeah. person. We just have to go with, with how, if we were to read um, middle, even middle English mm-hmm. on you know, if we had uh, something written in Middle English, we, yeah. on the air, people wouldn't probably understand a lot of what was said. So, language, well, I, like I might, religion, but... <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, well, I'm, I might understand Middle English, but not everyone will. <laughs> yeah, I could probably understand a little bit of it, uh, but most of it would would be very foreign to me. But but language like religions are dynamic, and that's the point I was trying to make mm-hmm. because um, yeah. I've been able to uh, to be a uh, basically a leader, a lay leader on military installations for for the military who are pagan, mm-hmm. and I use pagan in the non the in the in the dictionary version. In the non, you know, that you're not Abrahamic uh, religion right. is pagan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had a lot of people who are interested in uh, um, in Asatru and a lot of Northern traditions. And mm-hmm. I've not, I've tried to figure out when they ask me, okay, Pam, where do I go to get started on this? And I try to, you know, ask people and get books. And your book 
uh, the the previous versions of your book has been out there um, <laughs> as one of the people I point people to. But you have a new updated uh, yes. version. So can you tell tell everybody a little bit about that, and we'll, we'll discuss it a little bit more. Yes, my new book is also true, A Beginner's Guide to the Heathen Path, and it is a new, longer, updated version of my older book, Also True for Beginners, which is now out of print. So, new and improved, now with more gods. Now with more gods. So, the reason I was bringing up the thing about uh, pagan I'm a I'm a witch. I don't necessarily consider myself Wiccan, but that that whole line has blurred. Mm-hmm. And pagan was pretty inclusive of you know you have the dictionary pagan that's okay. You're not of of an Abrahamic uh, belief system, in uh-huh. which case you know there's a whole slew of religions that fit that. And then the pagan that we generally consider. In your book, you talk about how, and, and it's true, pagan is, is almost all, you know, almost synonymous with Wicca mm-hmm. these days. And heathens want to, heathens are, are different. Um, right. Can you go into a little bit more of that for me, please? Sure. Well, like like pagan, heathen is a is an overarching descriptor of several different religions that all go in the same general culture box. And uh, heathen is within pagan, although some heathens would would argue that because they don't don't want people to <laughs> think that they do what what Wicca does, which is like completely different different rituals, different mindset. Um, and also true is within the heathen umbrella. Um, another uh, another heathen tradition is Urglava, which is practiced by the Pennsylvania Deitch. And today is one of their big holy days, Zisa Sega, with the feast of Zisa, uh, Tyr's wife. Um, ah. Now, Zisa is one of the new gods that I've included um, in my book. Uh, I, I uh, originally didn't didn't include um, a lot of of the uh, Germanic-based gods who were not worshipped in Iceland and Scandinavia because I didn't have a lot of information on them. But now I've gotten a lot more information. And also true, can include only the Scandinavian ones, or it can include all of the the Germanic continental European ones also. And that just depends on the individual or group. Um, and their their uh, preference for for uh, you know what style of of also true they're going to have. Uh, now I I like to include some of the the continental ones because that's my my ancestry is mostly continental. So uh, what I'd I'd like to 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 do right I'd, right now is is uh, I'm going to do a little. Little toast to Zisa live on the air right now with my Northern Lights Goddesses oh, group, which um, Zisa is traditionally toasted with stone pine liqueur called Zurbens, which I don't have any of, but I do have my home brewed Northern Lights Goddesses brew, which includes a little little pine nut in it for for Zisa. So to Zisa, Tears Wife, 
thee. I'm doer of knots, keeper of the war boat. Hail Zisa. Hail Zisa. I've got my iced tea. I'm lying about my hot cocoa today. I have my iced tea. <laughs> iced tea works too. Okay, so we just did it. We just um, did a complete Asa True ritual. That's that's the entire thing. Assemble is is a toasting ritual, and it doesn't doesn't have to doesn't you don't have to to open and close the circle. You don't have to call quarters. You don't have to invoke anything. You just make a toast. That's the that's the whole ritual. I like that. I like that. Well, mm-hmm. and see, that's that's okay. Let's go ahead and and unwrap that a little bit more, because I mm-hmm. one of the things that I I found that's very um, central to however you pronounce or however you uh, you consider yourself uh, a heathen uh, or any of the, the different flavors also true. The one mm-hmm. thing that I feel that I've read from your book and, and from what I know is centered to that is not necessarily the ritual. It's not necessarily the gods, goddesses, or your view of what is uh, is or isn't deity, but to me, from what I gather, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, the oath. The oath mm-hmm. seems to be the center of things. The oath, yes. and, and I would guess family along with that. Yes, the the relationship that, that you have with the your gods and ancestors in the land is, is very important, but you also have a relationship with your own soul. And in order to uh, be in right relationship with yourself. Um, you have to respect your own word, and that's um, your your personal honor is reflected in your words and your deeds. And if you make an oath before the gods in your community, um, you have to live up to that. And uh, to not live up to that is a is a uh, terrible stain. So well, you have I, to be really I, careful I about what kind of oaths you make. You know, you, you know, you you should uh, only only make uh, oaths and promises, um, or we call them boasts, if they're about something you're about to go do. Um, that's uh, entirely within your control, and something you can actually accomplish. I I remember, and this is, I'm going to go ahead and, and kind of mix the two, um, but I remember when I was first, okay, I've always considered myself a witch and, and, a, mm-hmm. and not a Wiccan, but a witch and a magical person as far back as when I was a child, you know, when I mm-hmm. had connections with mostly um, the, the Greek gods, because that's, those were readily available in, in popular culture. Uh-huh. Um, but when I started studying, you know, I know some people bristle at this word, but neo-paganism, one of the first things that I, I got was a, a book, uh, with the, the magical rites from the crystal well by Ed Fitch and Janine Renee. And, uh, there's a thing in there that I love to read and it's a read, um, whenever I would do a ritual to kind of remind myself of, um, of who I am and what I believe in and what you're saying is actually wrapped, you know, wrapped up in this. It's, uh, it's basically, you know, 
Chivalry is a high code of honor, which is of most most ancient pagan origin and must be lived by all, all those who follow the old ways. But one of those is a witch's word must have the validity of a signed and witness oath. Thus, give mm-hmm. thy word sparingly and adhere to it like iron. Yes. And that that is that's early neo paganism, if you will. Mm-hmm. That yeah. that that rings in that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I like the 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 the, the that uh, that oaths were so important. Your word mm-hmm. is who you are. Yes. And I wish more people were like that. <laughs> I wish mm-hmm. more people were like yeah. that. Because I'm sitting here ticking off my a list in my head of like, okay, well, this person I can't trust what they say, and right. you know, so and so gives their word too freely. Okay, but but when you were giving the description of of you know you were talking about continental or scandinavian um mm-hmm. that there's i'm trying to unpack this because there's so much to unpack in just the first beginning of your book because uh-huh. there's so many people who come to me and ask me questions about you know heathenry uh you know uh norse nordic northern way and and how the different flavors are and I didn't realize that there, you know, were as many really now. It seemed like from you talked about it seemed to be somewhat cohesive, maybe, until the internet, and then everything started fragmenting into different people going to their own what they were gravitated to. Do you mind talking about that a little bit? Yeah, the I've given you a lot yeah, yeah, to talk yeah, about. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Um, heathenry before before the internet. Um, well, there there were there there were um, different different heathen sects. Um, there was, uh, uh, for example, Asatrue and Sayod um, originated independently of each other and developed independently. Asatrue was mostly based on the Icelandic sources, not because um, not because American Asatruers specifically wanted to follow Iceland, but because that's that's where most of the written materials were from, um, because that was the last nation to convert. Um, it was also one of the few places where there was a fairly complete body of, of uh, mythology written down. Um, but Theod, on the other hand, uh, is specifically Anglo-Saxon, and they only considered Anglo-Saxon sources. So there was there were already some um, different heathen sects before before the internet. Uh, but yeah, the mm-hmm. the internet has has allowed um, a lot of fragmentation. It's also allowed a lot of unification. Um, the I think the major thing is that uh, because we're connecting on the internet, we're not limited by geography in the way that we were before. When I was mm-hmm. a young heathen and I was looking for a heathen group to participate with, um, I was pretty much, and I was living in Northern California at the time, so I was pretty much limited to just the groups that met in Northern California, which happened to be uh, Freya's folk, which was at the time kind of a, uh, a kindred or branch within the Ring of Troth. Um, 
that's like reaching way back. Yes, I'm, I said the ring of troth, not the troth. That's like way, way long ago. <laughs> Whippersnapper, when we, we had to... We, we had to walk <laughs> to the thing uphill both ways. Yeah. Or no, no, it wasn't uphill because hills hadn't been invented yet. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And whereas if I had been uh, a brand new heathen when the internet was already like a thing that people were on um, other than in the academic and military circles, uh, I might have connected to a uh, a forum like the one I manage, the Also True Facebook forum, or or a national organization first before before connecting with a local group. So I think that's mm-hmm. that's a huge difference. Now it um, so happens that I w- I was lucky. I happened to connect okay. with a local group that was. Um, uh, what they call universalist, which, which in the also true concept co- context means um, universalists allow anybody to be a member, if no matter the uh, race, sexuality, um, uh, various um, isms. We no racism, no no homophobia, no transphobia, no no sexism, no, none of those, none of those isms. So. Right. Um, There's, yeah. And, and that's one of the things, cause I was, somebody presented to, to me and I only caught the tail end of the, the conversation, but I started hearing it going around in, in the pagan sphere uh, that saying a folk, a folk, a person who was drawn to the folk uh, traditions was negative and and i'm not i'm not putting that spin here we'll talk about it and try to be you know not judgmental as we present it but but you know it it took me uh it took me a a little bit off off balance because to me i'm drawn more towards folk tales and folk ways mm-hmm. and i'm right. like oh but that's not the same thing <laughs> right well i think that's yeah about. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think that that's that's a, a negative uh, word or or anything like that. But uh, basically, in also true, there's a split um, between the universalist and and folkish um, sects uh, within also true, and um, depending on which folkish organization you're talking about, it they could be like the like Theod saying, okay, you have to be from this specific country. Like Theod is like you have to be from like mm-hmm. England. Or at least or at least your ancestors have to be from England. Um right. or you know, or your ancestors have to be from, you know, Denmark or whatever. Um all the way over to some of them are like actually genuinely racists. Um uh, and so that you don't yeah. really know from the folkish word which which kind you mean. Um, although the the ones that are like country specific are starting to rebrand themselves as tribalist, um, so they they don't get lumped in with those other guys. Okay, so tribalist. That's kind tribalist of in between. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tribalist is kind of in between universalist and and folkish, 
and uh, I don't know. I kind of I, I kind of lean in the the sort of tribalist area myself because um, I I feel like um, if you're if you're a tribalist, then the you're also true kindred, which is what we call like the the church members in your local area. Who are, the, your also true mm-hmm. kindred is like a tribe, and it's like your your adopted family. It's it's like, uh, and your tribe does things together and and for each other. Um, and I can buy which, that. I can that yeah. I can I can that feels comfortable to me. Um, being you know I'm a military brat. We go from place mm-hmm. to place, and and we have to find our new tribe and who we connect with mm-hmm. wherever we go. And and I think that I like the. I like the use of the the words kindred, which is you know kinfolk, um, mm-hmm. and family and tribe is, is family. Um, mm-hmm. But but you you touched on and and we have to talk about it. I'm sorry, and I don't want it to dominate the conversation, which is why I was saying I'm not trying to cast the folk people in a bad light. But mm-hmm. there is a definite concern with people taking the northern ways and 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 taking that folk thing like you said to a white supremacist uh Mm -hmm. and 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 we know and you bring it up in the in the um in the book a lot of where that came from was prisons uh yes there's a there's there is a prison connection to Mm -hmm. that Go ahead. Right. I'll let you speak on that. I'm sorry. I just try to pre- present that. Yeah, that is that is true, and um, to a great extent, um, like regular also true and prison also true developed independently of each other and didn't really interact until the internet age. This is another one of those um, circumstances in in which um, the internet has has uh, united people quite a bit, but. Um, we've also, you know, suddenly found ourselves uh, encountering people who call themselves also true, who practice completely differently than the rest of us and have different assumptions and um, even different ritual practices and, and everything. So, and, and, the, and yet we're still using the, the same word also true. And sometimes we don't really understand what other people mean by that kind of ask, you know, and now in, in the form well, and, that I, in the form mm-hmm. that I manage, that's exactly um, where I was going. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. where I was going. Go ahead. Yeah, the, the forum that I manage, we we have to screen out um, neo Nazis and white supremacists so they don't get in our forum, um, because for three reasons. Firstly, um, if you let them in, they'll take over. I mean, if you have a group that accepts mm-hmm. Nazis and non Nazis, pretty soon all you get is Nazis, uh, because mm-hmm. they'll they'll scare off everybody else. Um, and they'll second, radicalize yeah. people too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Secondly, they'll, they'll use it to recruit, um, which we don't want them there to do go. that either. And thirdly, they'll, they'll use our religion as cover for, for their illegal activities. Now, a lot of the yes. prison gang also true. Some people join it because they're, you know, they're actually seeking the gods. Some people join it for self-protection because it's like, you know, an actual prison gang. We're talking about actual prison gangs here. Uh, but uh, those gangs actually 
do criminal things too. So, uh, yeah, you know, we're, they are, they, they, they do. And there is, there's, unfortunately, you know, we've had, um, I'm trying to remember recently, we've had somebody who, who performed, a, I, I'm trying to reach back in my brain. I know there was somebody recently that performed in the last couple of years that performed a, um, a criminal act who could be linked back to some of the music that is connected to yeah. that very, you know, white supremacist, Asatru-ish. I don't mm-hmm. even like calling them Asatru because, yeah. because to me, I, I, I like your brand. I like family. Mm-hmm. I like oats. I like, mm-hmm. you know, connecting with the, mm-hmm. with the, the land and the, and the animals and the spirit of the land. Um, I love all that. And with all this fragmentation, that you have going on, I have to say, and and all this stuff with the Nazis sneaking in, I have yeah. to say that I was really, I'm, I'm sitting here smiling really big. I was surprised and delighted to see how um, an American icon and neo-Nazis brought not only the different, you know, Asatru heathen po- folks together, but also people on opposite spec, you know, the entire spectrum of uh, mm-hmm. in this very fragmented politically political world got everybody together to denounce neo Nazis in this. And, and, mm-hmm. and all I have to say is, Captain America and your new yes. project. He's yes. go ahead and tell us about this. Yeah, the Heathen Visibility Project, and uh, I'll leave the the history with the Captain America thing for people to read later because I know I noticed that you you uh, linked that in the the um, description mm-hmm. of the show, so people can can read up on that later. But yeah, the Heathen Visibility Project has been going for a few years now, and um, what we're what we're trying to do with the Heathen Visibility Project is occupy a search engine. It's like Occupy, but for Google. Um, and we're we're doing that with the the simplest and easiest thing you can possibly do online, which is post selfies. It's so easy, it's so simple. Everybody can participate. All you need to do to participate in the Heathen Visibility Project is uh, get a, get a heathen or a heathen symbol or a heathen picture or a a working heathen altar or somebody or yourself if you know if you're if you're the heathen and take a picture and post it and tag it heathen visibility and and any other uh appropriate tags like you know heathen also true you know thor's hammer whatever symbol is on there um and every time someone does that it it takes up search engine space that um when a search, when a search engine uh, is is directed to search for a term like Thor's hammer, um, they'll the the search engine algorithm will return results that um, that mathematically make sense to the algorithm as far as results that are typical. Typical results should go on right. the first page, you know, other than you know a sponsored content, but you know we can't do anything about sponsored content, but um, typical content goes on the first page of the search return. Now, prior to the Heathen Visibility Project, if you, if you Google Thor's Hammer, the, 
the the main thing you're going to see is you know Marvel comics and and the Marvel movies obviously because nobody can compete with Disney. Um, but the second <laughs> thing that you might see is is uh, stuff from from uh, tiki Nazi marches and. Uh, now mm-hmm. we can't we can't be louder than Disney, but we can be louder than the neo Nazis. So, what we're trying to do is knock them off of the search engine returns, drown them out with our own content. Now, heathens have been, always is... been. Go ahead. Go ahead. The heathens have always been pretty pretty loud with our our books and magazines and written materials, but we haven't gotten a lot of images and videos. Until the uh, until very recently, because um, people didn't want to be out. You know, this is, goes back to the the early stages of the pagan and heathen revival. Um, you know, yeah. with uh, you know this was and this was true of people who were who were Wiccans and and other kinds of pagans and also truers and all all kinds of pagans and heathens um, didn't want to associate their their face and name the heathen or witch label because they were right. afraid there would be public consequences for doing that. So what, what we're doing is say stand up and be proud and, you know, and knock, the, knock the Nazis down a peg. Punch there them where go. it counts, see, which is Google. Thing. Yes, there you go. Cause, and that's the thing. When you have the people who are, are, commanding the the uh the attention and the the conversation because they are out um mm-hmm. that's something that you have to and and it's it's interesting because um it is knocking the the um the nazis down i know when you're talking which we had the similar situation with mm-hmm. satanists um mm-hmm. and now it's interesting satanists are are people starting to understand that satanists are not what they thought they were mm-hmm. and I'm seeing more of Satanists doing positive I know this sounds really weird for some people listening but Satanists do do positive things <laughs> um, yeah depending they, on the, the, the branch yeah there there's some some branches of them that have that have been doing a lot of uh, public work on uh, uh, religious freedom so right yeah with goes uh, to them getting getting like if, if you're in Florida when they were trying to give away Christian coloring books at the schools they mm-hmm. they they fought to be able to give say, satanic coloring mm-hmm. books not that I'm saying hey this is you know it the, the the work is breaking down the religious making the religious freedom more um, more accessible to everyone and that's mm-hmm. like it should be it's what it's that's what we're supposed to have been built on in this country, mm-hmm. but less and less likely uh it's you know with the extremism that we're seeing right now and the politicization and the evangelical stuff that's going on in politics but I don't want to get mm-hmm. into politics just yet. I yeah. do want to get into politics, but not just yet. I want to go back to uh to places where people can worship and come out and and mm-hmm. be being out heathen and mm-hmm. it used to be in the military that you couldn't you know the mm-hmm. i i've had guests on shows before who said that they would go uh people who were nature nature based believers um no matter which path they would go have to go off the installation hold a hold a ritual so you know circle do their their uh 
they're worshiping then and then go back because it wasn't illegal, but it was frowned upon. And slowly but surely, you know, we got to the point where you could have, you know, things on dog tags Mm -hmm. and, and it's, I, I don't know if you know, and I'm I'm going to ask you a question blind, and I'm really sorry about this, but I know that a couple of years ago there was a fight for heathens in the military. I believe it was army to try to keep their beards because it's part of your yes. your belief. Yes, I've heard Go about ahead. that. Um, yeah the the whole the whole beard thing goes back to the the uh, early days of the heathen revival when we we um, practiced what we called the folk way, which was a reconstructed um, set of uh, cultural norms that we were all trying to adopt as our, our way to reconnect with our ancestors. And one of those things that we adopted early on was uh, the idea that uh, men should wear religious beards because our, our um, heathen ancestors um, had the, had a, uh, cultural belief that um, uh, having a uh, beard or have or having long hair was a uh, a mark of personal honor because cutting the beard and hair in the in the ancient times was the mark of being a member of the thrall caste, which basically is slaves. Um, and in the in the ancient days, the um, personal honor was only possessed by free people. So and I want to go ahead, since you touched on the the thrall thing, and we mm-hmm. talked about the the the, the beards. Um, mm-hmm. I want to tell you, there's no. I when I was reading your book, I'm saying, Aaron, mm-hmm. we should almost do a series on this. So I want to tell yeah. everyone who's listening. As we're bouncing around, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about is interwoven in this book. Um, mm-hmm. The pagan, the Eden Visibility Project is even mentioned in the book, and why it's so important. Yeah. So, if you want to get a good, you know, we're I'm, I'm there's only so much that we can do on this show, mm-hmm. and to introduce you to to Aaron, to introduce you to the the, the project, to introduce you to. Um, to go and look at this book and get this book because one of the things I'm gonna have to laugh. Um, what did you? What did? What is it called? Is a, a practice with homework or how does that? How did you put that? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. They, there was this old old saying that uh, uh, when when we um, in the in the early days of the heathen revival, uh, also true used to be called the religion with homework. Um, now. It may not seem like that now because now there are a lot of beginners materials and um, a lot of, and there are so many more also truers and other heathens that it's easier to connect with, you know, older people who've been doing it for a while. Um, but in the, in the early days when we were trying to reconstruct also true and, and make a, a, uh, make a, a, a Sorry about that. Go ahead. religion you know, make a full blown religion and cultural um, practice out of it that uh, almost everyone was expected to contribute to the reconstruction. So, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there were, of course, scholars who would read 
read books and um, and they're you know we read archaeology and anthropology, but there were there were other types of reconstruction that people were trying to do too, and and it was like everything from recipes to fighting styles to you know making cloth and you know how to and so a lot of it was kind of uh, very similar to doing historical reenactment because we were trying to learn what our ancestors' actual practices were and and why and um, and if you have a if you have a, a goddess of of fiber art, which we do, the goddess Frigga is um, her symbol is a distaff. Um, then you you ask yourself, okay, what did this mean to the people who who um, mm-hmm. decided that that was the the symbol of this goddess, and, and why, and what what did this this object mean it to people's everyday life? Um, what did it mean culturally? Um, what kind of uh, what kind of magical religious and social power did this object represent? And it actually did represent power in all three of those aspects. And we gradually learned about that. Um, but we didn't only learn about it from from reading ancient literature. We also learned about it from actually doing fiber art and connecting with the goddess with our hands. So there was a, a, a lot of reconstruction work in the early days. And that's, you know, I, I consider that to be a, a very valid method of receiving uh, personal gnosis is to, to uh, uh, do this, this type of, of work. But we also have to remember that what we're doing is not historical reconstruction. It's it's uh, that's only a a means to the end of of uh, creating a vibrant new religion out of this material. And I love the way that you presented that. I mean, I I don't want to uh, knock anybody uh, who is a, a Wiccan or. Um, where Wicca and Gardnerian and, and all that and, and, and what that has become in the last uh, 20, 30 years, because it's not what it was when I was growing up. There mm-hmm. is some connection to British traditional witchcraft in, in what is considered, you know, Gardnerian, et cetera, where, where Wicca came from. But there's mm-hmm. not as much of connection to the actual how the old ways were, were practiced in, in Wicca. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. They're, I mean, people are still, they're working on it, but it seems almost mm-hmm. as if they're like very happy with reconstructing it separate from the history of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas that's totally different from what you're telling me about Ostatru and, and mm-hmm. heathenry is that where it came from is, is I'm not saying it's not important, to, to Wiccans, but it seems to be it's far more part of the of the of, of practicing a tradition like like heathenry, and yes. and again not reconstructive because we're not going to go around. There there were there were sacrifices, there were animal uh, animal and and human sacrifices, and we're, mm-hmm. you know we're going to say hey, we're going to take it back to the days where we used to you know <laughs> kill so and so. Yeah, no, we're we're not not uh, not planning to hang anybody anytime soon. Although I have eaten sacrificed no. goat. 
sacrifice goat is one thing, and that's that. Okay, I I had this conversation with Galena back when when I used to work with her, Galena Kraskova, when when I worked with her with with Weird Ways, and she talked about when you raise a goat, and you 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 know you bring it to the point where you do slaughter the goat and and eat that sacrificed goat, you understand. everything that goes into right now if i want Mm -hmm. a burger or something i can go to a fast food place i can go to the supermarket i'm not Mm -hmm. raising this animal and Mm -hmm. you you even bring it up in the book a lot of times when we do these when when they did these slaughters and this is the time of year where Mm -hmm. my father even told me this is when you killed pigs this time of year. Mm-hmm. This yes. is um, also, this is a big hunting time of the year. And part mm-hmm. of it is because not all of those animals are going to survive winter. Right. And if you want to survive winter, you got to get food now. Right. Because you can't <laughs> go to the store. Right. But that's, I'm sorry, that's part of what you're talking about with understanding right. the relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, that's exactly right. We, we have to keep in mind that the nature of an animal sacrifice is first, it's about human survival before it's about anything else. Secondly, it's, it's about holding an appropriate funeral for the animal you were going to kill anyway to ensure that its soul goes where it's supposed to be. Um, and only thirdly, is it actually about anything that we would call sacrifice by the modern meaning of that word originally sacrifice just meant to make sacred Mm -hmm. so when we when we uh, offer a sacrifice to the gods um, we're making it sacred it doesn't it it doesn't mean we're we're um, wasting anything right exactly And you have that connection. I, you know, I've got food in my fridge right now that I'm sitting here wondering what am I going to make for dinner. I didn't have to think about raising that food. Right. I didn't think about having to make sure that the food that I have has to last to feed my family and maybe the village. And what happens right. if the if if the rats get into it? You know, right. it's it is there. Uh, I love having this conversation with you, Aaron, because this is this is. This is what has drawn me to the old ways. I'm just going to say mm-hmm. the old ways so mm-hmm. we can not have to, you know, yeah. bandy about uh, which way. Um, mm-hmm. But it, I like being able to be put into that frame of mind of why is this important and why do we do things? Um, gosh, there was something that I was going to bring up and go to on this that um, – Let's go back to the to the universalist and the the tribal and uh, the mm-hmm. folk because we've talked a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. And let's talk about you know and you talk about this in the book too. So get Aaron's book. You can get it on Amazon. Yes. You can get it at any of your favorite local bookstores. So uh, you know help support your pagan bookstore especially during this pandemic time. Um, but I'm going to ask you. And and this is me personally. Aaron has not asked me to do this. If you're going to get it from wherever you get it, please go to Amazon and put a review in, because just like um, Aaron was talking about that visibility, Heathen Visibility Project, same thing goes with Amazon and reviews. If you want people to see Aaron's book, she needs more reviews. That is true. I need a lot more reviews. The 
the um, now the original, um, the older version of my book does have a lot of reviews, but that's been accumulating them for many years. So um, the the more reviews uh, book has the the um, the higher it gets in Amazon's algorithm of what to show you next. And so also an, an, another another thing you can do if you'd like to to help out algorithm wise is if you are going to buy it from Amazon and you're going to buy some other heathen or pagan related book, um, if you buy them both in the same transaction, my book will end up on the also bought list for the other thing you bought. Oh, cool. That's a good, good piece of advice. Yeah. I will have to so, remember that. So, uh, so buy my book. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's yeah, why is, that's the, why I invite you. It, it's nice to have this yeah. conversation, but let's get down to you got to sell these books and and get the word out. That's right. You know? This is, Let people this is know. my actual job. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, all my my priest activities are free. So I I depend on my book sales to support my my priest activities. And you know there are there are religions where that works the other way around, where where they they. Uh, pass the collection plate and, and support the priests with di- directly or, you know, actually pay them for weddings and so forth. But, um, but in, in ours, we, we uh, expect um, religious and magical services for free and pay for books, uh, amulets, rune readings, and things like that to support our religious specialists. Well, um, this, and then let's go back to, to what I, and I know I throw stuff out there. I apologize. Um, we were talking about the, the difference between the universalist and the folk, uh, the mm-hmm. folk people and the, and the tribals, um, because we've talked a little bit more. Um, and I guess what I, I know what I wanted to, to do is have you, um, weave in the history of, of basically, okay. When we think Vikings, we think maybe the TV show, we think maybe mm-hmm. um, a movie. I like to think of Eric the Viking. <laughs> and the reason I like to think of Eric, the reason I like to think about Eric the Viking is if you haven't seen the movie, most of it is it's not really all that great of a movie. I'm sorry to say, but oh, the build up to though. one of the last, yeah, but the, the build up to one of the last, the last scenes, you know. Uh, Eric the Viking is told that Ragnarok is is coming and he has to, you know, he gets a a a, a motley crew to go and try to mm-hmm. save the world and 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 in this crew is this Christian who's trying to convert them the entire time and he's pretty much ignored. Um but at the very end I don't know if I should give it away cuz it's so funny. They oh, get to is, is it time now for a long time. Yeah, they well, they get. Yeah. Where is it that? Is it Heimdall that they get to? They get to Rag. They get to the, to the, to the. To is it Heimdall that they get to? The, um, I, or Ragnar? Yeah, it's been such a long time since I saw that. I don't. I don't remember anymore. Well, when they get there, and and there's the dragon. They see the mm-hmm. and they're they're all scared, and the Christian guy's going like, "What? What are you guys? I don't see anything." I don't, I don't, what are you guys freaking out about? And I kind of like that, that, mm-hmm. you know, his, his belief, is it saying, I don't know, it's, it was kind of a funny thing. So 
but anyhow, when people think Vikings, they might think of something, you know, like the TV show, and they don't really necessarily understand that this goes back centuries, and and Viking is is not everything. Mm-hmm. North, nor and even the North isn't, you know, saying a Northern tradition isn't being. Right. Uh, being true to it, and and when we're when you're talking in the beginning of your book, you're talking about people who who might overlap, and and druidry is part of it uh, of a of a tradition that may overlap, uh, because we're talking about the the ways of peoples mm-hmm. over centuries, millennia, mm-hmm. right. Right. It goes back a, a long, long way. And if you go back far enough, um, all the, you know, all of the, the various peoples who speak Indo-European languages and, and have uh, connected cultures, if you go back far enough, you end up in India and everybody is, is a Hindu. So um, that's basically, if you go back 6,000 years, there, that's, that's what you, that's what you get. And Everything mm-hmm. else has evolved um, as different peoples migrated to different areas and became isolated from each other. It's like cultures evolve the same way that um, animals evolve. Um, you know, if you mm-hmm. you, uh, um, you know think of the think of the famous you know Galapagos turtle and and the 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 uh, iconic evolution of the turtle. You know the 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 turtle went to this island and it, it evolved separately from other turtles for long enough until it became an entirely different species of turtle. And the same thing mm-hmm. happens with religions. Um, the, the heathen religions and the Celtic religions and the Slavic religions. And uh, these, these are our sister religions, but they're, they're different from each other because they ended up in different places and evolved local conditions um, separately yeah. from each other. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, uh, just like all turtles have, have certain characteristics, and you can, you can uh, say, okay, all, of, all turtles have a shell um, and two eyes. Um, you can also say that all of, these, all of these religions also share certain characteristics. Um, and that's very Joseph Campbell. <laughs> that's very, that's very Joseph Campbell of you. Um, if you don't know who Joseph Campbell is, and you're listening to the podcast, go look it up. You may be, you may like, it, you may not like it. Um, but Joseph Campbell is a scholar of comparative religions, and he talks a lot about how there's a lot of common thread, even with, um, with. I didn't realize that Thor was a twin. Is it Thor that's the twin? Whereas in uh, in, uh, in the Greek belief, you have uh, you have Artemis and and Apollo. Yeah, no, you're thinking of you're probably thinking of Freya and Freyr. Although there are okay. other twin gods, there are there are there are actually several pairs of of twin gods in the in the uh, uh, also true pantheon. But you're probably thinking of Freya and Freyr. They're the most well known ones. But that's Thor's, like one of the common yeah. common threads. Go ahead. Right. Thor, now, now go Thor, ahead Thor. Thor's mother is part of a twin pair, uh, Fjorgen and Fjorgen. Um, 
which you you can't really hear the the difference between but that's a, a one male version and one female version of that name um, now Thor's mother Fjorgen um, is uh, also known as Yord which is the name for the for Earth the planet Earth so she she is the Earth um, mm-hmm. but in in her uh, aspect as Fjorgen uh, she is part of a twin pair, and also um, the name Fjorgen is etymologically related to the name Perkunis, which is the the um, the Slavic thunder god. There you and go. If you, yeah, That's... and if you uh, if you go if you go far enough with with that, um, you, you end up with like all of the the Indo-European thunder gods all all have various. Uh, ways they're related to each other. And that that's kind of the point that I was trying to, to get at is is when you're talking about you have to be able to, to get perspective. You can go ahead and find a, a time or a place or whatever that you're connected with but mm-hmm. that that speaks to you but it's we're talking about thousands of years of, mm-hmm. of a culture of different religions growing up in different areas, um, mm-hmm. which is what I get, I get, I get kind of annoyed at, at people who try to say that, okay, well, this is this, this is this date. So we have to do this. And this is the way it's always been. I'm like, no, it, it hasn't always been that way. And and you you brought it up in the in the book too, and it's something that I talk a lot about. I love connecting. And you had a book on this because this is I remember this is one of the reasons I I, I interviewed you. You talked about folk tales connected with uh, with the different days, different like mm-hmm. holidays, right? Um, and and they became Christian holidays. So it's all interconnected. You can't, you know, when we're using the word Yule mm-hmm. for for Christmas, mm-hmm. there's a history there. Right. Um, the days of the week in yeah. in English, the days of the week. Right. Right. Exactly. So um, today today is is a, a Monday, and and uh, that's um, obviously that's named after the moon. So it doesn't sound on the surface like that's the name of a god, but it is. Um, uh, moon is etymologically the same word as Mani, the name of the moon god. So that's that's one of the that's one of the uh, days of the week connections. So we've got Sunday tomorrow. The, the, yeah, the name of. Okay, go ahead with of, Sunday. You know, yeah, we've got Sunday, the name of the the name of Suna, the sun goddess. Monday, the name of Mani, the moon god. Uh, Tuesday, Tyr or Tiwaz, um, the the god of justice, also also war. Um, Wednesday uh, is named after Wotan or Odin, uh, the god of uh, wisdom, poetry, and berserk fury, because those things all go together. Um, uh, and and if you if you actually are a poet, you probably understand that more than if you're just thinking of you know the end product on the page. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, in, inspiration, poetic inspiration is is uh, the same process as um, becoming uh, uh, one with the 
spirit of the animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then uh, and we've got Thursday, the the day of Thor. And uh, Friday is either the name of the day of uh, Freya or Frigga. There was a there was a time period when those two goddesses were were one goddess. Um, they developed into two different goddesses later, and they they have very mm-hmm. different personalities now. So you can you can definitely um, connect with each of them as a separate being. They, de- they can definitely both be in the same room at the same time now, but there was a time in history when they were, <laughs> they were one and that the name Friday goes back to that particular time period. Then we've got the outlier. Then we've got Saturday and Saturday doesn't play by the rules. Um, and Saturday <laughs> is named after Saturn, which is a Roman God. Uh, now, how did this happen? Well, the old name for Saturday was Laugardager, which means bath day. So once once a week the <laughs> the Vikings would would bathe. Now that's now that doesn't sound very impressive to a modern person, but uh, um, back in those days, um, the idea that once a week you were gonna like put a whole bunch of snow in a big uh, tub and melt it and and bathe in it and then and then dry off afterwards every week that was that was a pretty impressive thing to do. Um, it was. Yeah, that's one of the because one of it's the reasons cold. You can that, catch a cold. That's right, and that's it, one of was, that's one of the reasons that uh, the um, Nordic settlers liked Iceland so much is because it's full of volcanic vents, so it's got <laughs> natural hot springs. They're they're like, look, it's a natural bathtub. I want it. Um, yes. And then they said that they they fooled everyone saying, "Oh, you don't want to go here. It's Iceland." Right. Exactly. They, um and that's that's something else that I wanted to 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 touch on because you've mentioned it a number of times and I I've, I've got a podcast that I do that's a political podcast and I try to bring up pagan stories whenever they come up. And mm-hmm. the big huge pagan story of dealing with Asatru and Iceland, what was that? Was that 2015 when that happened? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Do you want to? Yeah. Yes, there, there's there's now an, an actual um, state-supported also true temple in, in Iceland, and I think that's just really cool. Um, Iceland was the last country to to um, convert from, from uh, pagan and heathen uh, traditions to Christianity in the year 1000, and and it became the the first country to um, make also true one of its state religions. Now, in here in the United States, we have um, we have uh, religious freedom written into our constitution. In most European countries, they have actual state religions that are tax supported, and in in Iceland, there are uh, three state religions, and also true is one of them. I think that's amazing. I think that's awesome. One of the things that I uh, I, I have to say, I kind of because you were talking about the different types of mm-hmm. Asatru and heathenry out there, mm-hmm. and 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 those types of beliefs. And I remember, I guess the the Asatru of of um, Iceland Iceland are more universalist, uh, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. The, so they're more. Yeah, I, go ahead. Yes, Iceland is is uh, actually. 
Icelandic Asatru and American Asatru are, are actually different sects. They're very similar to each other, but um, Icelandic Asatru is um, usually strictly about Iceland, um, for one thing. So uh, from uh, the American definition, that would um, that would be in a kind of a, a folkish or tribalist uh, mindset because it goes back to one country. But uh, but Icelandic people don't believe that you have to be Icelandic to practice also true. They they would um, they would say uh, it has nothing to do with that. So um, so they meet the definition of a of a universalist sect in that they they uh, don't believe that you have to have any Icelandic or or even any European uh, ancestry in order to be called to also true and become an also truer. But they have their specific us. This is where I was leading to, because you're talking about right. the, the American and the Icelandic. Um, I remember a story that I did because they, I guess they, they were accepting of homosexuality, whereas mm-hmm. some types of American, not all, not all, mm-hmm. we talked about this already, but right. some types of the American true did not. And so the, some, some people, somebody from here from America went to school the Icelandic people of what what Asatru really is, and yeah. I, I I was laughing. I'm yeah. like, do you do you, yeah. you understand that it's it's been this is where it came from. Yeah. These, these people are still still worshiping yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, it's it's their country. They can practice their their state religion any way they want. That's like that's that's like going to it's like going to Rome and thinking you're going to tell the Pope how to be Catholic. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the thing that that you know we all have to be careful of in our beliefs, uh, especially when when you're trying to 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 rebuild um, this old beautiful um, the old ways, and the old mm-hmm. ways never die. They never mm-hmm. died. And you bring that up in the book, too. And this is something that I cling to is mm-hmm. that, you know, as, as much as they would like to say they got rid of pagans and they converted people, you know, if you go to, to, to Ireland and some of the, the country, the, you know, the areas up there in, in the northern British Isles area, mm-hmm. they still talk about the little people or the good mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And that's those are elves and fairies and that's all mm-hmm. connected in with with that's that's part of why there's overlap with with druid and yeah that's true and and uh actually in in uh iceland the 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 rights of the elves which they call alfar are actually uh codified into law um if the if a um an elf whisperer tells them that that the place they've planned to build a road has a, uh, and what they call an elf church or a, a place where the, the um, elves can access uh, the, uh, the human world from uh, on it. They'll, they'll change where they're going to build the road so they don't disturb the elves. I'm moving to Iceland. <laughs> I'm moving to Iceland. <laughs> I'm moving to Iceland. That's that that does it. That oh, that's awesome. I did not Isn't know that, Erin. Yeah. No, and <laughs> and and 
we here in our country don't, you know, whether it's uh, going to get political here. Um, mm-hmm. We're, uh, I'm not trying to, to in any way appropriate the indigenous beliefs of the people who were here, the first world people here uh, in what is now the United States and North America. But when you have, you know, holy, holy places like Pahasapa, which is the Black Hills, um, and you have Grandfather Mountain, which is a very holy thing. It's like, hey, let's flip some president's faces on it. Yeah. You know, they don't realize, they don't have that. We we have a tendency overall as a culture to not not ask, you know, mm-hmm. and not consider if I build this here. And and unfortunately, we're suffering the consequences of, of, of that. Um, whether we're going to go as far reaching as climate change or as, as also connected to climate change when you have people in, in Houston saying, hey, this is a nice low area that we can build a lot of houses on it. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. but it's a floodplain. Now yeah. it's a lake after Harvey. You know, yeah. There's a reason that you yeah. connect with that. There's a reason that here. land was flat. that's what a lake bed does. Um, uh, You know, they say, okay, this land is flat. Great, great for putting a house on. I don't have to grade it with my earth moving equipment before I can put a house here. But, but why was it flat? What what conditions (laughs) made this flat? And are they going to come back? (laughs) People didn't, didn't think, didn't think that, but Okay. Yeah, but yeah, we need I want to have to... Uh, better respect for the land and the spirits of the land. And the spirits of the land. And that's part of why I believe um, more of a universalist thing, because I, you know, when people, I'm connected to me personally, I'm connected mm-hmm. with some of, of my, the beliefs of my ancestors. You know, my ancestors mm-hmm. do, do talk to me and do tell me to go a certain way. But I also mm-hmm. resonate try to resonate with, you know, being a military brat, same thing Mm -hmm. as trying to find my tribe, trying to find Mm -hmm. the spirit and the, and the energy of the land and making peace with it wherever I move. Mm -hmm. And when you're there, if you open yourself up to it, if they, if that energy wants to come to you, then Mm -hmm. uh, I'm far more universalist than, (laughs) Mm -hmm. than anything. Um, And I like very much your book. I'm just going to say that right now. Anyone who's um, interested in in Asatru or learning about it, if you're, I'm really sorry. And I didn't want to take a lot of time to talk about the the negative people who are trying to take over that the name Asatru and and a lot of the northern northern ways. But I wanted to make sure that people know that it's there, and know yeah. that it's real, and know that there's a lot of really good people who do not follow that. And and I'm I'm really happy that you're doing the Heat Invisibility Project because of that because Thanks. I've been. That's another other stories that I've done on that political podcast is mm-hmm. please do not equate this wonderful, rich belief system with these people who are trying to mm-hmm. take it for their own agenda. Mm-hmm. So Thank you. I kind of just made a statement there. I didn't make a question. I'm sorry about that. Um, how have, can you tell me anything that may have come 
from that positive, any anecdotes specifically about, you know, the, whether it's positive or, or some of the struggles that you, that you're seeing being a, one of the leaders of, and, and a teacher, when I say leader, not necessarily like I'm in charge, but you're, you're, you're teaching. Well, I actually, well, I actually so am lead. in charge of my forum. So yeah, I actually am kind of in charge. Um, but I, but yeah. I work with a dozen other people to, to make that go. Um, I call them the troll slayers. Yeah. And, um, and the troll slayer. Yeah. You were so, in the um, book. You talk about. Um, I I asked uh, you a question. I'll uh, yeah. go ahead. So um, uh, over the over the years when I've been running this forum, I've um, I kind of made a little troll slayers handbook about how to you know do forum modding and stuff like that. But one of the things that we we were doing was. Um, screening membership applications to screen out, you know, neo-Nazis and white supremacists. And we had to be able to recognize them when we saw them. So I, I started making a study of their their um, symbols and dog whistles. And um, eventually I, I uh, became known to uh, have this like troll slayers guide that had this little Nazi hunting section about how to recognize a Nazi online. And I was asked to turn that into an article and uh, my article on that uh, heathen symbols versus hate symbols is uh, going to be published in the next issue of witches and pagans magazine. It should be on newsstands any, any day now. Okay. I'm glad I asked that question because I would like to see that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm so looking forward to the issue. My my article actually literally became a sidebar to another article, but that's okay. It's it's totally fine to have two anti-racism articles in the same magazine. That's no more the merrier. Um, and I like the the when you think of a lot of medieval things and and. Uh, the old ways. There's always the the thought that women are subservient and the guys doing. Oh, that's uh-huh. not the way. No. Uh-huh. This... <laughs> I love yeah. that. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I'm I'm just laughing about that because uh, if anyone who actually reads Norse mythology would not not get that impression. Um, there was, uh, of course, the the goddess Freya, who's uh, uh, famous for having her um, her famous jewel that she wears, the Brisingamen, and there is there's a myth in which um, uh, a giant steals Thor's hammer and says he'll give it back if they if if the gods give him Freya to be his wife, and uh, the gods say, uh, "Hey Freya, how about that?" And she she said go get your own darn hammer. And uh <laughs> and this is and and this is the story where Thor dresses up as Freya and and wears a uh, white wedding gown and goes to marry the giant himself to get his hammer back. Um now there's you know, I could talk a lot about uh the the meaning of of that and everything but let's uh, focus on the part where it's easier to get 
Thor to wear a dress than it is to get Freya to marry against her will. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Um, okay, I wanted to. What's the the, the next question about that? Um, no, I want to go ahead. I have Kellyanna's song Freya that I want to end with at some point. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, it's in in Kellyanna's rendition. She does go. Um, she basically what is she gives up her her. She goes to get her jewel. So. Yeah, when when. Um... When the jewel was forged, um, there's this this whole story about how she descends into uh, this otherworldly underworld under the ground, and there are uh, four dwarves who have uh, forged this jewel. Now, the jewel is made of gold and amber, which there's another story in which the origin story of gold and amber is that this is Freya's tears that she shed for her husband. Other, which is a, an avatar of Odin, which means inspiration. Um, when she walked all over the nine worlds searching for him. So she searched for her inspiration and didn't find it, but it was, um, she never found him. She never, she never got him back. So that's why she's a single goddess without a husband is, is uh, she never found her inspiration. But in the meantime, she mm-hmm. walked all over all the nine worlds uh, looking for him and learned everything and um, left uh, the gift of gold and amber ever everywhere she went and uh, was named by many different people and and uh, taught witchcraft to humanity. This is the the origin story of witchcraft in in our tradition is that she she taught it uh, while she was searching for her inspiration. Um, so they're making they're making a jewel out of gold and amber. The, this is this is part of Freya. It came from Freya, and uh, it's going to return to Freya uh, after they transform it using the their under underworld uh, craft and technology in from the raw form into the uh, purified form of the beautiful jewel. Um, and mm-hmm. while they are uh, forging this. Uh, Freya blesses them with her magic and her sexuality to help to help them transform this raw material into the purified form. And and then uh, when they're they're finished, then she has this this purified jewel that is the the most beautiful jewel uh, in in the universe. That's going to make when when we play the Freya song, Kellyanna's Freya song at the end, you know that's going to bring a lot more life to that. Um, I love how music, you know, the new music and the old music, the, you know, a lot of the, 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 the tales, uh, I, that's, there's a word for it that I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not heathen. Ed, mm-hmm. Edda's? The Edda's, yeah. That's the, that's the name of the, the books in which the, um, the Icelandic mythology is collected. And there's a lot of that, that songs. That's how you were able to tell the stories. That's how you're able to pass um, the myths down in a lot of situations, not all, but music is part of it. Um, right. This was and, an oral tradition and it was written down. Uh, 
it was written down after the age of conversion started. So it was actually written down by Christians. Um, so that's one of the that's reasons some, we have to yeah. filter what we read to see if they, they like added anything um, that doesn't <laughs> belong in there. Okay, so let's just go there. Hell. Yes. Hell. Hell is a place and, and it's also the name of a goddess. It's a it's not a bad place. It's just the realm of the dead. And unless you're an oathbreaker. Right. Right? Going right. back to oathbreakers oath and right. Oathbreakers and murderers have their own special place in hell. Um, like they say in Serenity, the special hell. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I'm a geek. I just had to I had to make that reference. Um, it's okay. That's cool. Yeah. So, uh, but basically, that's just the the realm of the dead. Now, when when um, the Christians came to convert the heathens and were trying to translate the Bible and other Christian teachings into the local languages, they they used the local words to translate their their uh, stories and ideas. They used the the word hell, uh, the name of the realm of the dead, uh, for their realm of the dead. But their realm was a bad place. They used the word God for the name of their God, who was actually uh, named like Yahweh or something like that, Tetragrammaton, for letters without vowels written in in uh, Hebrew and Aramaic. Um, God was not the name of the Christian God. That's a word that that they borrowed from heathens. And when they borrowed it and 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 made it be the name of their God, they changed the word to be male. It wasn't uh, that that word wasn't male. It was neutral. That makes sense. Though I, I speak German. Got. Got. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting how, you know, German, what is German is, is pretty relatively new. Uh, German, Germany. But it, it, because it was, and if you, I think if you understand more of what happened in, in that middle part of, uh, of Europe, and you talk about the Germanic tribes, and you, you brought about it, you brought up about it in the book too, mm-hmm. about where the Romans were and, you right. know, the, the it, I love history. I love mm-hmm. history. Um, so again, Aaron, this could be a whole series of shows. We'll we'll talk about it's that good. later, and maybe have you back for for another another thing, and maybe sure. focus on subjects. So if somebody would like to, if people want to contact me, darkrabbitradio at gmail dot com, and ask about specific subjects, like we could talk about weddings, we can talk about what mm-hmm. you're talking about with Thor, we can talk about the um, the women wearing the the keys, uh, mm-hmm. even what you're talking about with the um, weaving and how weaving is is such a big part of of you know everything wedding. If people mm-hmm. want to have this conversation. Go ahead and contact me at darkrabbitradio at gmail dot com and we'll we'll see. Or or if anyone listening, any one of Aaron's uh, friends wants to hit back and say, Hey, Aaron, you didn't talk about this. Do this, mm-hmm. and as long as Aaron's available and and willing, then we will see about having Aaron back on. Um, I do want to talk about politics because okay. when I'm looking at your at your 
politics is is my life right now because I mm-hmm. am volunteering to protect votes in North Carolina, and um, so I'm very passionate about it. Um, and I'm not going to get into into partisan politics mm-hmm. uh, when I'm talking about my passion. Um, and I saw on on your um, one of your bios that you have run for public office. Yes, I did have it twice, you... and I'm never doing it again, ever, 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 because I saw <laughs> how the sausage is made. And and when I was when I was done running the second time, I I was so done. Uh, I just I was ready to tear the whole system down, and, and that was. Uh, 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 right around that time, as I, I saw one of one of those Marvel movies that I went went out uh, after the show, thinking I'll I could write a much more authentic story about Norse mythology than that, and 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 uh, that was when Loki came to me as Muse and started helping me write a book, which which is like not published. It's an unpu- unpublishable novel because it's horrible. It's a, about Ragnarok <laughs> and and uh, anyway, um, yeah, I oh, I was I, I was so I was so so completely done with the way the system works when I was done running for office the second time that that I was uh, it, it opened my mind to the destroyer of worlds. Let's see, I was Loki. Like, World, Worldbreaker, Giant Meteor 2020, you know. And you know oh, what? Okay. People actually, people actually yeah. manifested the Giant Meteor. They just didn't didn't quite actually like do the thing. But the Giant Meteor actually came. We people kept saying Giant Meteor 2020, and it happened. It just didn't didn't actually kill yeah, there you go. Yeah. So that's yeah. the power of manifestation. Yeah. Um, well, and, and I can just imagine, you know, and, and I'm glad you brought that up um, because I do want to talk and I don't want to, to go any much longer. I, I do have a, a heathen friend who's running for office in my mm-hmm. county and cool. um, and he's, I don't know, this is his first time running for office and he's pretty passionate and hopefully the sausage making doesn't break the spirit, break his spirit. It hasn't broken my spirit but it's frustrating. Um, and that's why we need good people to run for office because when you have some of the people that are, when you're blaming people for the way government is rather than getting involved, then that's the problem because the government is us and they work for us and there are, are they are our employees. And if you don't like the way that it's running, then you need to get involved. That's my soapbox. Um, but I can imagine Loki wanting to get in and and messing. I I'm drawn to tricksters, mm-hmm. um, but people don't understand that energy. That you know, Byron Ballard keeps on talking about the the time of the tower. This is tower time that we're in right now, and most people don't understand that energy. And that even happens mm-hmm. in in your world too, where people. Mm-hmm don't embrace the well they don't accept the what's what's going on with the Lokian yeah. the Nokian yeah there's like there's a lot of people who who uh, don't understand Loki and I I can I get I get that the the way the lore is written uh it um Snorri Sturluson was the the one that that 
wrote down the, the prose edit. Mary was uh, a Christian convert whose father-in-law, the father-in-law's last name was Loptson, which is a, a, a Lopt is one of the names of Loki. So um, Snorri had something against Loki and decided to <laughs> like portray him as if he were the Christian devil in some of the the way he wrote down the stories. It's pretty obvious if you read his book and then read like older lore or lore from other countries that he he wasn't actually recording what the heathen peoples actually believed about Loki in some of the the way that he's portrayed. The whole um, doing doing Loki as if he were a devil figure thing is strictly late medieval Snorri stuff, um, and. I think it's it's picked that, up a lot. It, there's a there's like a there's a whole history of um, the Nokians go back to um, the the religious visions of uh, Karl von Willigut, who was uh, an SS general, um, and he had this vision of uh, Baldur as the White Christ, um, which mm-hmm. uh, and and he considered. Uh, Odin uh, to be the, his double figure. Now, when when the the Boulder Rising movement arose in uh, American prisons, um, for whatever reason, they they took Villagut's visions and substituted Loki instead of Odin as their their devil figure. Maybe they hmm. al- they already liked Odin and just didn't didn't want to. Uh, have him be their devil. Maybe they thought it was more like what Snorri had por- portrayed in the in the lore. Whatever the reason, um, it's basically just a one-to-one substitution uh, of Loki into Villigut's visions. And the mm. the Balder Rising movement is part of Prison Ossetru. It uh, goes back to David Lane and and his his uh, Prison Ossetru movement. Um, so it's. It's a completely separate sect, um, but because the internet has brought everybody together um, and it's all called Ossetru, uh, and they're they're evangel they're evangelistic about about their Nokianism. If they they go into a group that doesn't try to keep them out, they'll take everything over and um, they'll they'll run out the people that, that like Loki. They'll run out the women who have um, religious visions uh, They'll because they're, they're also against personal gnosis. Um, mm-hmm. they, they, um, one of the things that Nokians is that they, they also um, are completely against the idea of personal gnosis in the modern age. They think that all personal gnosis had to have happened previously in history, as if it, as if also true were a revealed religion, which it is not. Um, That's very Christian, to be honest. Yes. And I'm not trying to slam Christians, but that is very Christian because they're like, yes. oh, well, we don't like witches, we don't like prophecy. And it's like, but but your book right. is full of it. Right. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> that was That's book. right. Right. That already, that happened before, not now. Yeah. Right. We don't mean now. <laughs> right. Right. It's it's a uh, very similar attitude. Yes. 
Yeah, unfortunately. Um, I I can go on talking to you forever, Aaron, but, but we've already been uh, for about an hour and a half, and I don't want to oh, okay. keep you longer than, than, than you need. I, I want to go ahead and have more stuff to talk about uh, if you are my guest in the future. Um, sure. There's, there's so much more. You've, you've opened my eyes to a, a lot um, because I was afraid. I'm going to go ahead and be honest. I was afraid to get too involved because mm-hmm. I did hear about the big bad. I didn't mm-hmm. want people thinking that I'm part of the white supremacist, you know, right. people. Um, yeah. And I didn't know where to point people. And I know, I know for a fact that I did warn my students on military installations to be careful mm-hmm. of, of which type to, to, to connect mm-hmm. with. Um, can you give me, cause, because you're more knowledgeable on this, what kind of warning would you give people or, or not necessarily, people are going to go where they're going to go. But if they don't realize that they're being radicalized or brought mm-hmm. down the wrong path, what are some of the things that they should keep in mind? Well, a few a few things is well. Firstly, um, when my my article comes out, uh, the heathens heathen symbols versus hate symbols, you can read that and uh, take a take a look at the symbols that that a group or individual uses and. Um, you know, see whether they're they're like legitimate also true symbols or they're they're um, things that the white supremacists use. For for example, um, there's a right Othala and a wrong Othala. The 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 right Othala is a rune that is part of the traditional uh, alphabet. Uh, we usually use the Elder Futhark version, and and it's literally an alphabet. It's it's like the thing that books were written in, um, mm-hmm. and each of and um, each of those uh, letters is also connected to a religious mystery. Um, but it's also basically an alphabet, and you can't take one letter out of an alphabet. It's like it's it's like breaking one of the keys on your keyboard and then expecting to like doesn't work. Um, right. But there's a there's a wrong Othala, and the wrong Othala has these little feet that go up, up towards the outside, and that's that's a, a version of Othala that was used by the the actual um, Nazi Germany government, and uh, mm-hmm. neo Nazis will will use that specific symbol um, on their their uh, flags and patches and and um, pictures on the, well, on the internet and stuff. I will have to look for that. I will definitely please please reach out to me when that when is that that uh article supposed to come out? Uh I'm expecting it to come out any time now cuz this is right around the right around the uh uh fall equinox is uh the uh time when I'm expecting the the new issue to come out. So I'm looking maybe I'll hit to... you. Maybe I'll hit you up after the after the election because, I, like I said, I'm going to be you know I, I don't know how many guests I'm going to be able to have before the election. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll probably do more music shows or or something, but mm-hmm. uh, or you know hit, listen to me talk about how important it is to even as pagans get involved, 
even when you see the sausage, uh, how the sausage is being made, because mm-hmm. it's the, when we get involved um, that we can make these changes, like your heathen visibility project, mm-hmm. and letting me know what to look for, and other people know what to look for. Um, mm-hmm. But it's 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 just like the swastika, which has been in right. in tons of cultures, mm-hmm. um, but the the Nazis took it, reversed it. Right. And and that you you can't the swastika you can't use the swastika without it being a Nazi thing now because it's like so totally the the intent of it has been so totally changed and right and, yeah yeah, uh, pretty, yeah. go ahead uh, uh, heathens for the most part pretty much um, have a consensus going that we're we're not we're not using that symbol anymore. Although every once in a while, someone will bring up the idea of trying to reclaim it. And then we have a big debate and, and we, we always end up saying, well, no. Mm-hmm. Because it's so um, tainted. Um, right. There, there was a building in the, in the building uh, in the town that I lived in, in, in Texas, that was pre world war two and mm-hmm. has, as, 